I can uh, send you the outline when yeah. it's done. Yeah, well, I see it. We also need to get get started on that. This is an erotic thriller. Yeah, the erotic thriller. Did you have any premises? Because I could give you... I got one from a weird dream I had. What was it? Um, I can't... Uh, I don't want to go too into the dream because that's weird. Uh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, the uh, name of the name of the movie I came up with was called "Fill the Void." <laughs> <laughs> I think you told me about that. I came up with a backstory based on this. It's like a combination of two dreams, but uh, you have the protagonist is this cop going after the guy who leads this thing, one of these like charismatic weirdo types. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly yeah, what you yeah, mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give I'll give you like a like a not really an outline. There's there's not enough there. Just like a list of key points, and then maybe you can come up with <laughs> yeah. you. Actually, maybe not even key points. Maybe I'll just give you character profiles and yeah. let you work out a story. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds cool. But uh, that's not that's one of those things I'd never would have come up with if I hadn't dreamt. <laughs> <laughs> Like only only in my weird ass dreams mm-hmm. do I end up creating something like this. You have weird dreams. I do. Crazy. But usually they're fun, even when they're like not normally my thing. It's been a while. Oh, yes. Welcome to another episode of Hyper 90s Zeitgeist Breakdown. If you can't tell by this quality, we're in the same room. Me and Jumper Cables. Yep. Still know where Joe is. He's lost in the void somewhere. He went on a journey of self-discovery. Yeah. But uh, this has been a long time coming, and it's, it's mostly, well, it's all my fault. That I haven't done an episode well, in so long. There's, it, it, it. I don't know if it's fair to say it's some fault on Joe's end, but uh, it, it's kind of what started this uh, chaotic period of Halos and Radio. Yeah, he had some. He had some shit to I, deal with. Yeah, he did. But, um, yeah, I just kind of fell off. I got kind of wishy washy with like what to do next. Like I have all these ideas mm-hmm. of shows, but then it's like doing the research, and so then I get distracted, and I'm like, oh no, we gotta do it this way. We gotta do a new episode. So this way, yours is the biggest show on this network. Yeah. However, there's a reason why they're they're monthly. Yeah, <laughs> in this case, like I don't even know. It's been a while. It's been a, f- but uh, we're trying to get back on track. Uh, but this episode. It's uh, going to be a little more freeform. Um, so we talked about Luke Cage on Jump Kills' show. Yeah, and the special episode. That was kind of a more direct like look at that. But mine is... We like to tie things together here at Hyper 90s. That guy's pretty yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So we bring it back to the 90s. I, I, when, I, when I watched Luke Cage, I saw a lot of 
shit that I saw in my childhood and that me and Jump Cable just saw tonight. Mm-hmm. We just watched Meteor Man again, which is actually called The Meteor Man. And uh, we're also going to talk about Blank Man, which is one of my absolute favorite films of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where to, where to start? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if there's a chronological chronology you want to work with here i mean we just watched meteor man so i guess we should just dive into that yeah um yeah i think like when the movie started like one of the early earlier things i said is uh i guess something similar in luke cage when i mentioned that it's not just here's your black guy there's this kind of black person that kind of black Mm -hmm. person yeah. And it's not just black people doing black things. The little kids yeah. got Kumon going. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that. And I think one of the first things I said when Meteor Man came on was like, yay, b- weird black people. Yeah, weird black people, exactly. I never get to see that. And Nerds. and your your hero isn't the cool guy. He's a nerd. Yeah, no, He's a big music nerd. They're all kind of nerds or just like, they look like church folk, you know? Yeah. It's a very family-friendly version of, like, a black community. Yeah, very uh, family-friendly take on... <laughs> And that's due to Gangsters and drugs have overrun yeah. our neighborhood. It's uh, written directed by Robert Townsend, who mm-hmm. is from Parenthood, who is very... He's very... He's got a lot to say. He I does. Think. He has a lot to say. And he's, he's very much family-friendly guy, you know, mm-hmm. Parenthood. And you can tell that he grew up with uh, probably a certain someone, because that certain someone is in this film. And that certain someone who... Uh, Whose transgressions we may or may not discuss. Oh. <laughs> he has a very interesting role here. No, 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 Mr. Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, uh, in appearance, very similar to what he looked like after his stuff came out. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of dressed like a hobo, but he doesn't really have too many lines. He just barks. Actually, he doesn't have any lines. Yeah, he just kind of like... Uh, acts uh, like physically and makes uh, some noises when commanding his dog army. Yeah, he barks. Commands the dog army. I thought, I don't know, something about that was he kind of lays in the cut until the end and then he kind of comes through and I always thought that was mm-hmm. kind of sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like that's the point behind this movie. Not even just, it's not just, there's a, there's a lot of movies like this where it's about you gotta stand up and do something yourself. You gotta mm-hmm. fight. You gotta protect your neighborhood. You gotta put yourself at risk. Exactly. But that's what all these three things are. That's what all these are, but the thing I like about this movie is that it's, it's like most of these, it's uh, people feeling like they can't really do anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, the big thing with this movie is, particular in particular, what was my favorite scene of the film is people kind of realizing that they can do something or having mm-hmm. the ability to do something put in front of them and then then acting on it versus a lot of movies like this focus on just sort of like forcing bravery out of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, people get the means to do something. And it's kind of like... They're inspired. In, 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 yeah, they're kind of kind of inspired. It's really it's the kind of movie that emboldens me towards the good in people or the potential in people. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it is known by Mike, and I'm not sure how well known it is on this podcast. And I'm a bit of a misanthrope. 
but I do like scenes like this that kind of uh, <laughs> let me take a break from that. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't really enjoy it. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I am a humanist. That's getting harder and harder every day to quote Michael Rubio, <laughs> um, who enjoys very much seeing the opposite mm-hmm. in my entertainment, and that's come up a few times. Funny, yeah, funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, it's just fascinating to me. But yeah, it's very much you know community power. You know they they have that Spider-Man moment at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah, everybody jumps in. Yeah, and it not to jump too much around, but uh, I don't know, fuck it. But that was one of the main things in, when I was watching Luke Cage that I was like, this is where I, this was in, you know. This the, was the, the ending scene the, from Meet Your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. Like, there's, it I, I will not believe it. If I go to the creator of this and say, and, and they say, no, I wasn't inspired by, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it turns up in a lot of like. But I mean, it, it was also you. You joked about it. This is the ending scene in Rocky Five. <laughs> yeah, it's also that. That's maybe I'm trying to think of more white movies that end that way. Yeah, I'm sure in there's a big street fight. I'm sure there's more in front of the community. But uh, Friday did it. Um, Lethal Weapon. Hmm. Uh, I think they tracked down uh, young Gary Busey, and it like devolves into a fight <laughs> between. Uh, yeah. Mel Gibson and Busey with the cops cheering, cheering uh, Mel on. <laughs> See, that's got Danny Glover in it. Yeah. And they're cops, so that's community-focused kind of, in a way. Mm-hmm. Very ideal. Look at police work. I don't know if ideal's the right word. Boot it in your mouth! <laughs> well, kind of. It, it's definitely over the top. Mm-hmm. But it's enjoyable. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's just Luke Cage owes so much to, to these movies. Like, this felt like proto Luke Cage watching like they were they they had to be inspirations even if they weren't intentionally done Mm -hmm. you know the people working on this saw those movies yeah saw those TV shows whatever they were yeah and uh you talk about pops in Luke Cage who's there's always the one the black the old black person who's like we gotta do it who's fighting for it as you speak do it trying to like no cussing in my barbershop (laughs) Long you know, before the reluctant hero takes up arms, yeah, here's or, their inspiration. Yeah, Blank Man's grandma, mm-hmm. who was, you know, campaigning for the, the mayor, mm-hmm. and uh, the mayor got killed in Blank Man. He got, he? yep. They blew him up. That's kind of grim. It was dark. Yeah. And Blank Man was messed up afterward, remember? <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a, yeah, I don't know how many of the movies do, well... I can't. I'd have to go back and look through. I don't know how often there's like a big defeat mm-hmm. midway through movies like this. Normally, it's it's like it takes a while to start up, but yeah, once they get going, it's a. Uh, if you look at like the hero's journey, that's the. It's they do this often where they combine the uh, the mentor figure with the um, refusal of the call, mm-hmm. where. They're like, no, I can't do it, and then somebody mm-hmm. dies, and they're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta answer the call. Whereas they kind of reverse the order there. Somebody died, and then he started to refuse it. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, in this they they didn't kill anybody. They just kind of fucked up the old lady at the beginning. Yeah, was like, I gotta get out here. Mm-hmm. I gotta. 
tear up them crack houses. Yeah, I gotta get to work. Yeah. This ain't gonna happen again. Yeah, which Luke Cage does, but it actually kind of reminds me more of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got pretty grimy. He went into some pretty fucked up situations and places. And yeah. I remember he went into busted up some drug places, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Meteor Man... Let's see, Sinbad, that's another thing. I turned to you, and what did I say? I was just like... So he comes on the screen. You were like, what is he doing? <laughs> I, I was like... No, I said, where does that come where from? Where does that come from? Yeah. I turned to you, and I said, where does that come from? <laughs> Can you explain... First of all, you explain what he was doing, where he was at at that point in his life. Um, <laughs> well, he was done up in, like, I guess what was uh, popular... Amongst uh, both uh, very militant black men and guys pretending to be militant black men, and I guess women too, is like this weird African form of dress, weird hat, this sort of, I think it's called a dashiki. Yeah, it's like a weird yeah, poncho type deal. I want to say it didn't, I, I still, I feel like I still see that sometimes when I go by churches yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Very uh, African inspired, like patterns colors and mm-hmm. which are big in the 90s real big in the 90s mm-hmm. uh when uh, well race is always a big issue but it was like really coming to kind of a head specifically in regards to neighborhoods um what it seemed like sinbad was doing in this movie was uh <laughs> working it to get laid <laughs> yeah but he also seemed like genuinely enthusiastic to like be discovering like, like he discovered his blackness yeah like but, he'd been living in a bubble up until this point he was a little too enthusiastic yeah it's weird because I've never really seen that side of I guess you'd to see that side to see if that ever happened you'd have to be black to see that because <laughs> they're gonna if they if you're not black they're not gonna react to you the same way mm-hmm. you would never know yeah that they were always like that but it reminded me of the closest thing is all these people that are like studying, like a lot of white people on mm-hmm. the internet are studying. Oh yeah, the information's there. Social justice and stuff, and I think they kind of take it a little too far a lot of times. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Whether it's just like sort of like really indulging in this newfound mm-hmm. passion. Yeah, to the point or, where it's almost a little pretentious. Well, the problem is is that there's some people who are just straight up looking for a justified target to shit on. Like, yeah. put their bad feelings somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's everywhere, to be fair. In yeah. every group of people, you're mm-hmm. going to find these people. Yeah. Unfortunately, they tend to camouflage rather well into the people who are legit passionate or just uh, uninformed. And you end up getting a bad impression of everybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Sinbad was in this one. It was very weird. Yeah, completely out of left field. It was actually a pretty a pretty impressive cast for me yeah, here, man. Yeah, James Earl Jones. <laughs> like the only time I've seen him in a not, I don't know, I guess I gotta say Mufasa type role. Yeah, he's not. He's not this like like strong, distinguished, powerful mm-hmm. presence. Yeah. He's a total goof. Even as the voice of CNN, he's a... Uh, was he on the... I think he showed up on The Simpsons at some point. Probably. I think he was like... Was he the, was he the voice of uh, Dr. Hibbert's brother, the jazz player? Or the sax musician? Oh, Bleeding Gums? Yeah, Bleeding Gums. I don't know. 
It would make sense. He only had like two episodes. Yeah. Bleeding Gums Murphy. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> Uncomfortable name. <laughs> you know why they call me? I'm trying to remember how he explained the name to Lisa. It's like, I, I guess something like, you know what happens when you never go to a dentist or something. <laughs> <laughs> or like she asked, why do they call you Bleeding Gums? Yeah. But uh, the only other time I remember him is in the Sandlot. Oh he yeah, wasn't really goofy. He was the, like, yeah. Oh yeah, he was just—he was a more grounded He's character. Nice. But even then, he was a reveal there. Yeah, yeah, it's funny where it's like, it's like, oh shit, that's James Earl Jones. It's a reveal of, is it, that happens a lot in movies. Yeah, where the reveal is like the reveal is meta. <laughs> this is the character, but it's also like, look at this big star. Yeah, it's played by someone with authority, like mm-hmm. Matt Damon, in a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Don Cheadle. Yeah. <laughs> Playing the number two to the Golden Lords. Yeah. It's funny, too, because for a while I thought I, I associated him with, like, serious movies, I think, between, uh, it was Hotel Rwanda and what is that movie where he's playing the deep cover Islamic guy? Um, Islamic guy? He's playing a deep he's a he well he is he does legit follow the Muslim faith but he's like playing deep cover as part of like a terrorist cell and you know it's a thriller so shit gets complicated is he like the star yeah he's on the cover really there's a part of me that wants to say it's called traitor but I'm not sure I I want to say it was like a one word title I haven't heard of that but you know he's in traffic and that's like Mm-hmm. I feel like that may have been. Don't quote me on that. Like the start of his skyrocket, or like his a uh, his a uh, dramatic presence. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, he was in a uh, crash mm-hmm. too. Crash. Um, but Iron yeah. Man 2. Well, though, I want to say I can't remember what movie it was. He did something that was kind of funny, and he's been all over the place since not that that's mm-hmm. a bad thing it's just for a while he was kind of in like a serious business wheelhouse and it's funny yeah. to go back to something like this yeah. where he's being goofy again yeah well he was uh, in traffic he his character was had a sense of humor mm-hmm. but it was a dramatic movie yeah but he, and he played the drama that may have been where he showed his drama chops off mm-hmm. early but I don't I haven't I didn't research Don Cheadle heavily for this episode yeah I do want to say that uh, I like Hotel Rwanda, but I have to admit I like it because I watched that movie wrong. <laughs> I've told Mike this before, but I uh, whereas it's probably some serious ass drama, I watch it like a suspense serial. <laughs> like at the end of every scene, you might as well have a voice come in like, "Will Paul survive the next encounter with the evil army? Tune in next time." <laughs> I mean, that is the movie. He's just hiding people, right? Yeah. I barely remember it. Let's see. Frank Gorshin. I should know who that is. Let's see. Oh, Eddie Griffin. Oh yeah. This is Buddy. <laughs> I wanna say this is this is where this is the first movie I saw him in that like I committed him to memory. Eddie Griffin? Yeah. I have a that there's certain scenes in this movie are burned into my brain, mm-hmm. and one of them is him with that mask on in the blank in the <laughs> in the in mall the, in the meteor man <laughs> yeah in the mall and that's that's such a great scene where Robert Townsend it's kind of a classic they did that in one of the Superman movies where mm-hmm. do you remember that when Lois is like falling down like Niagara Falls or something or like mm-hmm. a river 
And because she jumped in because she was like, you're Superman. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah. You're going to disappear and then Superman's going to show up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. And so he just like uses his laser vision to like use a, a branch. Uh, but uh, this, was, this was really, it was a really playful scene where he's, mm-hmm. you know, disarming the guns and, and zapping the lady's butt. So <laughs> the old lady should so turn around and hit the guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Eddie Griffin, that's, that's burned into my brain. It seems like a scene, if like if this scene were in the video game, it would play out via QTEs and like a David Cage. <laughs> you know what? I thought about thing. that because it was in a mall. Yeah. Whenever I see mall scenes, I always think of the beginning of Heavy Rain. Yeah. It always st- sticks with me. But uh, it's burned in there. And mm-hmm. it, it was funny that the shit that was burned into my brain, you were like, I forgot about this. I did. Yeah, I don't. It, I guess it's just been so long since I'd seen yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So when he gets hit by the meteor... Yeah, but like, every one of these scenes, I'd be like, I forgot about that, were scenes I loved as a kid. Yeah. I was super into. We were all like... The CG was pretty good. Yeah. I have to say. It it, it holds up surprisingly well, but I feel like it's all pretty simple. Yeah. That's simple stuff you can do with camera tricks, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, or like editing or rotoscoping yeah but uh the the scene where the meteor he runs in slow motion and then the meteor hits him in the fucking chest and it absorbs it's like getting sucked in there and he's all burned and like "Ah!" it's pretty grisly actually yeah it was it was a ghastly scene to say the least it's great i remember this kid i had daycare with would i remember him reenacting that scene That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'm surprised I haven't mentioned him before on this show, but there was this this kid that I I can't remember his last name. He was a who's a little black kid from Vallejo, I think. Actually, yeah. <laughs> maybe you knew him. Uh, possibly, but he was you never know. He was my boy. We would play Mortal Kombat on Nintendo, and uh, we were all about this movie and Blank Man. Uh, we would talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. We probably played it a lot. Clearly, I remember him reenacting that yeah. scene. And uh, I think we try and re- reenact the scene where, uh, not the scene where he catches the bullets. Like I love that scene. Yeah, that was it's pretty really good. Cool looking. But I remember trying to reenact the scene where he's just like opens his hand and it's like and bloody bullets. Blood. Yeah. And I always thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's just something about it stuck into my head I think it's a pretty good way to reveal that yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, the movie might is it was it was surprisingly long but I think it might have benefited from being a little longer and kind of pacing certain things out because yeah. they they I appreciate that they want to move it along but at least one instance of that creates a plot hole which was <laughs> how did the bad guy find out <laughs> Meteor Man was losing his powers. Yeah. Because Eddie Griffin says it, but uh, a couple of scenes in that movie indicates he's a very sharp guy. He's mm-hmm. really smart. Yeah, they kind of go back and forth with that. Or, well, well, when he's thinking with his dick, he becomes a complete <laughs> idiot. Yeah, they like introduce him as like an inventor. Yeah. And then he's like, and then he doesn't invent anything in the movie. Yeah, but he does like deduce that. Uh, Meteor Man's cellular structure had changed due mm-hmm. to the meteor and how his powers mm-hmm. basically works and yeah. the weakness which is they're um, 
they don't establish if it's just if it's flat out a finite resource or if he's just not allowing himself enough time to recharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that the the subtly hinting at that with just how he sleeps through everything. Yeah, kind of like Green Lantern or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's got it's kind of a mix of a lot of different things. So let's talk about his power powers because they're really interesting. They don't seem to have a clear cut limit. Like I think if he were allowed to progress on this, he would just have whatever power he mm-hmm. wanted at any given point in time. Well, there is a limit, like when he touches a book and like can. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like it's like thirty seconds. It's not like it's ever established. Okay, he can fly this fast. Mm-hmm. He can punch this hard. Yeah. He has this power. This power. This power. Because yeah. you know, midway through the movie, he suddenly discovers he can create weather. Yeah, that's right. He makes a garden. <laughs> or like he figures out telekinesis when dealing with the uh, uh, Eddy, just because it's needed at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right, but we seen Bill Cosby. We do did it. see Bill Cosby do it. It's weird. True, but uh, I thought it was very. I want to come back to the the weather thing, but I thought mm-hmm. it was very interesting that you know, first it's it just kind of it's it's just there in every part of the movie. It's like mm-hmm. a very pro black movie, like let's fix up the black community movie. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that stuck with me big time was that one of his superpowers is to be able to gain knowledge quickly. Mm-hmm from a book only for 30 seconds because I guess he'd be he'd just be he'd just know everything he'd be a brain he'd be turned into Spock probably well after a while he gets too smart and it starts to be like why is this a problem for him yeah but uh, I I thought that was interesting that you know and he's a teacher yeah well you know it's it's good to see uh, making acquiring knowledge appealing to mm-hmm. especially the younger part of the audience. Yeah. A lot of people just sort of overlook that, overlook the importance of education, and it got rammed down my throat as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, I wasn't fully aware of that, that, like, even at that point in time, there was an issue with illiteracy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. You liked the garden scene. Yeah, that's one of those, like emboldening the human spirit scenes yeah. I was talking about because yeah. it's there's no prompting there's no nothing he just decides he wants to do something good and is amazed by what he's able to do by the yeah. end of it you know it's 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 all very it's a good example of you know all these all these movies are it's far-fetched but it's shit that we need like the up the street from my house there's you know and I've needed it at times uh, even recently there's free food at the at the church of the street. Mm-hmm. I'm not like religious, but they provide a, a service. You know, you just mm-hmm. go there and get it. They don't ask questions. It's just mm-hmm. it's just do you need it? Here you I, go. I appreciate them doing their part, and I guess it's it's really nice to it was really nice to watch this for me, especially because I've been getting Oakland's wearing on me. I've been there for years, and it's mm-hmm. it's hard to deal with sometimes. You know, just walking around the street. In Oakland, or you know, just living there is. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm sort of taking care of my uncle for a couple months in El Cerritos. My grandma died, um, and my girlfriend moved into my place to hold it. And she texted me today. She said someone right in front of our our house used to live there with me. Mm-hmm. Somebody got shot Jeez. like seven times. Jeez. She was like there. She sent me a picture. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the person made it, but Oof. you know, I mean, it's 
Well, I remember expressing sentiment like that to you when I was living there also. Yeah. I had a security job downtown, mm. and I guess my issue was like a combination of like homeless and just like really hostile people. And yeah, hostile people. Like I think I've I told you about the the fight I got into on the bus. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, it's just it's some guy who was high or something or whatever. I mean, he was he didn't even look like he was bad off. He was wearing yeah. a Batman beanie and like <laughs> clean clothes. It was, mm-hmm. was oriented like, uh, and a couple of times, like a few weeks ago, I was really pissed off. This guy at the bus was just like, you know, he was just doing his like, it's weird. He had earplugs in, mm-hmm. and he was like walking around me in circles at the bus stop, mm-hmm. like, and he kept like bumping into me, mm-hmm. and I almost was like, it's like buddy. I was like, you're getting real affectionate here, buddy. What's <laughs> going on? Like, you trying to cuddle or what? Like, it's like. I, I I am flattered, but this is this approach is too aggressive. I know I was, this is not how you win the hearts. Of but it got pissed me off. It's like people walk around with like, I mean, and I understand the mentality of sometimes if you have nothing, mm-hmm. you're raised a certain way that all you have is like your ego, and like your manhood and resentment and, and yeah, and all your you so you just walk around like waiting for someone to test your manhood so you can. Mm-hmm. It's very well, you know, it's like somebody you get a new toy, regardless of what it is yeah. you want to use it. Unfortunately, with these with a lot of people, it's aggression. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, it's not just like black areas, you know, you see it in the fucking you see it everywhere, you it, know. It looks a little it's, different, it's the, it does, our area, yeah. but it's ultimately the same thing. It is, it's, it's a bully, it's get off my property, you know, yeah. like you're not taking away my guns. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, and you know, sometimes the targets are different. Uh, anyone who works in retail knows the person who goes in there just to harass the help. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've just seen so much shit there that it's wearing on me. And mm-hmm. we were on the bus the other day, and this girl was very loudly talking about like, oh God, what was she saying? She was like talking about how she stole a bunch of shit from Sephora, mm. like loudly on the bus, and then was talking about Bragging. like. Yeah, and then she was, like, talking about, like, Donald Trump, and, like, she was, like, they about to be handing us off trees again with Trump's America. It's like, what are you... It's like... It's like you're defeating yourself. I know. It's, like, so... It's like, un- it's unfortunate. This is the type of shit I hear all the time. This is... Yeah, this, this is what they're talking... This is what Huey's talking about on the boondocks. Yeah, this is fucking... What Peter Townsend's talking about. Or Robert Townsend. Robert Townsend, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like he's a bit less angry and maybe a bit more sad. Yeah, I think he is. But, you know, I just like shootings all the time. Like, it's mm-hmm. quiet sometimes, but then there's, like, shootings. Yeah. And there's something to be said. I think, like, actually, they, they touch on that in Meteor Man in that when you get to the heart of what's wrong here, you're initially led to believe... That it's this gang, this uh, comically 80s gang. Yeah. But when you find out who the leader answers to, it's like the United Nations of crime. It's everybody yeah. profiting off of us, like, shooting and killing. the backs and, of the poor. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up, so... I don't know, it was, like, nice to the, like see. They don't outright say it, but they show it to you pretty directly. Yeah, there, our misery is an economy for someone. Yeah. It is. Um, speaking of the bad guys, 
the Golden Lords <laughs> and the Baby Lords. And don't forget the Junior Lords. Yeah, the Junior Lords with their leather vests, leather jackets are pretty fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're great. <laughs> they had a tiger. Oh, yeah, they had a tiger. Like, when they first showed up. That Ooh, was, that's, that's an entrance. It was actually a beautifully shot scene. Uh, it, it was shot really well and, like, edited really well. Yeah, was, and, and they they opened with some serious horror. Like, a, a yeah. something that you wouldn't... Like, if I were to explain this to you, which is, I guess, what I'm about to do, <laughs> it's not going to sound anywhere near as terrifying as it is when you actually see it, which is a woman being mugged by two elementary school children. Yeah. <laughs> but the way it's shot. It's, it's dark. It yeah. looks like when Bruce Wayne's parents got killed. Yeah. Except, like, it does. like if Bruce killed him. If, like, Bruce went crazy and turned on his parents. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and then more of them start to come out of the darkness. Yeah, like the, the whole Lords. gang, including uh, yeah. Debo carrying the tiger. Not carrying the tiger. Yeah, they have with a the tiger, tiger on the chain. And this dude, his gimmick, the bad guy, he has a slinky. Yeah. that The noise of him messing with that slinky is a harbinger of you, you getting your ass kicked. Yeah, it's a great uh, audio motif mm -hmm. that kind of runs through the film where you hear it and then you see him hear it and it's like, oh. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Where, and and they're 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 fucking ninja like. <laughs> yeah. They just pop out of shit or appear right in front of you, clear out of nowhere. Yeah. Like they're they're organized extremely well, and I was telling Mike if this guy organized this group to do anything but crime, imagine the potential. Yeah, they block off the streets too. They. They, they they block off the streets and they've got like the the little babies are coordinate not coordinating this but working this yeah like air traffic controllers yeah and like they like waiting for something to happen because they had like a circus truck yeah that something was, to pop out of that yeah nothing happened <laughs> it was just a truck big enough to block off the street yeah it was um oh our boy uh, John Witherspoon was in this as well <laughs> yeah uh playing an imposter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jefferson Reed, the hero, Meteor, Meteor Man. He was named after one of uh, Robert Townsend's favorite t teachers. Oh, really? Favorite childhood teachers. Hmm. Uh, let's see, let's go on through trivia here. Plot holes are the results of rewrites. Ah, oh, okay. Subplots got tossed. Hmm. Let's see, I guess this was a PG-13 film back in the day, and now it's PG. yeah. That happens sometimes. Sometimes movies actually not quite hold up, but uh, I watched Scarface last night with uh, my uh, sister and brother-in-law, and mm -hmm. we were surprised just by how still how like grisly the violence is in that movie. Oh, on TV? Yeah. Well, we watched it. It was on a, a Kate Lab, like a HBO or something. Yeah, Scarface is. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this is interesting. The alternate ending. What? What's that? Let's see. The original ending had a more confident Jeff standing up for himself and his community and using his role as a teacher to better everyone's life. Uh -huh. He then gets approached by Michael, who tells him that an even bigger piece of the meteor that hit him was found in Arizona. The two then agree to buy plane tickets so that Jeff can get his powers back and once and again become Meteor Man. Huh. This is followed by Michael trying to talk him into letting him get some power for the Meteor so he can be his sidekick. It ends with Michael throwing out names to him such as Comet Boy, Chocolate Thunder, and The Flying Wonder. <laughs> Chocolate Thunder. That's pretty good. That kind of gives you a different idea. <laughs> <laughs> a 
diarrhea. <laughs> but more like a porn star. Oh, yeah. Or a stripper. Okay. I'd like to hear Eddie Griffin <laughs> saying that. Yeah, seeing that, how it was open-ended before, mm-hmm. kind of... It makes me really sad. This movie, too, but it makes me sad that there was never a Blank Man sequel. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Blank Man is kind of fun in that it, it's well it's speaking to the same audience as Meteor Man there's a more a direct call out to the kids like me and probably you who grew up watching the 60's Batman show mm-hmm. it's like almost like point for point in certain scenes is just the send up to it and yeah, there's, there's, there's kind of an element of you can do it too to seeing Blank Man doing yeah, that it is and you know, just, you identify with Blank Man when you put a towel around your neck. Yeah, and you wrap your blanket around and or your you towel. See, or... I have pictures I found some recently. Mm-hmm. I've been going through tons of pictures of, at my grandma's house. And I used to do that. I used to tie towels around my neck. Mm-hmm. He had the curtain. Yeah, I did, I did it with blankets. Yeah, but it always felt like these two movies were like a perfect pair. Well, one is Batman and yeah. one is Superman. Yeah, so it's too bad that there was never talk of a... Like a crossover. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. Like, uh, you get well, one of them hearing about something going on in this other city. Mm-hmm. There's this guy in D.C. who can actually fly. Yeah. Like, uh-oh, that crime guy I put away got out, and he's, like, teaming up with this, like, gangsters in D.C. Yeah. called the Golden Lords, and, <laughs> you know... I mean, we talked about, like, the use of knowledge being a factor in uh, Meteor Man, but I feel like that's even more on display in Blank Man, where it's literally a nerd using his nerd, I don't know, skills. He's he's an inventor, which I loved. I Mm -hmm. loved he had all this junk. Mm -hmm. I I love that. Actually, oh, you know something about Blank Man, which I I don't know if I said this to you, Mm -hmm. but I discovered... We've talked about the Bechdel test before on here. Yeah. But I discovered something that's more relevant to us. Uh-oh, what's that? Do you know what we share in common? Uh, what? We're both bald. <laughs> in this movie... And there's interactions between bald people. <laughs> there is. There's, no, listen to this. Two bald men talk about something that is not... Their a, hair. A, no, it's not a person with hair. <laughs> Or their hair. Or hair in general. <laughs> That's pretty good. So the mob, the Italian mob guy, mm-hmm. uh, who I found out through random trivia reading all this stuff, is I guess there's a remark about him being gay. Somebody asked him, but that guy's gay in real life. I didn't know wow, that. Wow, I didn't know He's that. been a bunch of shit. Hmm. I think he just died a couple years ago. But that guy talks to the Jason Alexander character. Yeah. The guy in the wheelchair, the mm-hmm. retired veteran. Crazy gay. Very weird. He talks to him, and they're both bald. And yeah, they talk to him about that's what I thought about about Blank Man. Yeah, who's also bald. So that made me happy. <laughs> I invented the bald guy test. There you go. The bald little test. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And uh, oh well, there's so it's starring Damon Wayans, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Mike Bender, written by Damon Wayans and J.F. Lawton. Uh, it's also got our boy in it. Our boy, who will one day get his own episode of this show. Oh, yeah. And that is David Allen Greer. Dag. Otherwise known as Dag. 
Uh, what I love in this, he, he's very silly man in real life, but he, mm-hmm. he's playing the straight man here. I feel like he played the straight man a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he was good. He did that. You know that noise he does. Um, I know there's a noise. Uh, <laughs> all I can think about right now is the end. Black man down. <laughs> it's noise he does in several movies, and it's like I'm gonna try to do it. It's like it's kind of like <laughs> something like that. Yeah, but he does that. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, but he's great. <laughs> oh man, it's got a. Robin Givens in it, mm-hmm. who was hot shit in the nineties. Oh yeah. Uh, how does she look now? I think she looks fine. Cause I think I still would. I mean, I probably would too, but I was more about Holly Robinson, Pete. Oh yeah. She was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. My little kid brain. <laughs> On hanging with Mister Cooper, I think she stirred some things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, people always talk about Robin Gibbons, but mm-hmm. it's all about Holly. Um, Unfortunately, not all the talk is positive. No? There's the whole stuff with her and Tyson. Robin Gibbons? Yeah. She was with him for a while, and uh, he claims that she was just like the most uh, heinous gold digger imaginable. <laughs> Did he beat her? Um, That seems to be her side of the story. Ah... See, I knew Tyson beat up some ladies, but I didn't know it was Robin Givens. She was a yeah, she was a, one of them who made the claims. Hmm. The guy had a lot of anger. He does did. I don't know. I saw like a, a show he did, or he seems to be calming down a bit. Well, significantly, actually. I mean, he's getting old. Everybody yeah. kind of does when they get old. Yeah, but I mean, also just like uh, the grimier aspects of. Uh, like boxing commissions, promotions, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like it's cl- it clearly ate away at him. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's hard to that and drugs. You know, I think back about all these people who are still around and producing things that did terrible things. Some people get passes, and other people's. Well, people he was don't. he was he was popular to hate for quite a while he was I feel like people have forgiven him somewhat yeah they literally exercised all their hatred on him on him yeah I mean Bill Cosby he's never coming back no well he was he went for too long it was too preachy yeah and he just did such a u-turn yeah well, the the it's the realization that he was doing this all along. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Like as he's preaching to you about the way you speak, mm-hmm. he's slipping something into a girl's. I didn't mean the rhyme here, but drink. <laughs> what was the rhyme? And you know, criticizing you about how you speak, uh, slip yeah. something into a drink. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a, some Cochrane shit. That was not intended. <laughs> That would be what Johnny Cochran would say if he were. Yeah, if he were the prosecutor. Prosecuting. So that's something we gotta watch. Is uh, that OJ show? That, oh yeah. I saw OJ stuff. I saw part of it. It seemed really good. The bane of my after-school existence. Yeah. I just wanted to watch some cartoons. All our cartoons, man. It's like every channel doesn't need to cover this. You could leave the cartoon channels alone. I know. 
feel sad for us. <laughs> Our baby selves. <laughs> yeah. Apparently this movie was a, uh, the first appearance of Greg Kinnear's forehead on film. <laughs> He'd done some TV, but he he's, appears briefly as like a talk show host mm-hmm. in the background. But so fun fact there. We'll uh, we'll talk more about Greg Kinnear when we eventually do an episode on uh, Tom Hanks and we talk about You've Got Mail finally. Mm-mm. What else to say about Blank Mail? Um, J5? <laughs> J5! Just building your own robot, that was like the coolest thing in the world to me as a little yeah. kid. Being able to make mm. all this stuff, like automated nunchucks. Oh yeah. Like a, like a weird grappling hook boot. Or something. <laughs> I wanted to do all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He had the the communicator belt, mm-hmm. which was cool, but didn't have a long enough cord. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to your wee wee. <laughs> bulletproof. Yeah, the bulletproof. Uh, it was like chemical. Yeah. Made fabric bulletproof. That was. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably the most amazing thing he made in that in in that film. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it's defying some scientific law. Yeah, but it's like web shooters. It's like yeah, fuck it. Yeah, it's yeah. fiction. Have fun. I always, I guess we talked about things that. This is another one that I was. The thing about these movies is they were on HBO mm-hmm. all the time as a kid. Yeah, and I was a latchkey kid at my uh, my other grandma's house, and I would just watch these over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's stuff that just like sticks with me. One is the 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 baby delivery scene. Oh yeah, which is pretty. I always remember him coming up on the yeah <laughs> uh, that shit was tight on the plunger grappling hook. Yeah, baby, and it's like, and that's how he got his name. Mm-hmm. Dag's like, he he like can't say anything. He's like, he's gone blank, man. She's like, what's your name? And he's like, he's gone blank, man. And she's like, oh blank, man, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then he's blank, man. Um, and then the other thing is uh, that really stuck in my head. Um, quite, it made quite an impression. I used to do this uh, in in public. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it meant, mm-hmm. but uh, the noise. So let me uh. State what's probably obvious to everyone else, or uh, as a question, um, was this supposed to mean he was a premature ejaculator? <laughs> yes, I believe when I rewatched this with adult eyes, that is what I concluded. <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was a funny thing. Man. Yeah, I just thought it was just like that was one of my, one of my adults or weird moments as a kid. Yeah, like I didn't understand it. I thought it was just stupid stuff adults did because yeah. they're stupid. He was like. Ugh. <laughs> he was messing his pants. Yeah. So Blank Man doesn't really have the showdown in front of the community mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Kind of. Well, he can't really fight, is the big thing. Yeah, they do the warehouse. But mm-hmm. he still, it's like he gets the key to the city. And yeah. The I think uh, the, the big fight there is more calling back to the old Batman show. Yeah, yeah. Which was really cool. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that one, yeah, Blank Man, I think we mentioned earlier, but yeah, it got heavy. Mm-hmm. It got real heavy between his grandma and then the mayor. Yeah, and the mayor. Yeah, that stuck with me, too, him in the, in the bank. Mm-hmm. Exploding. 
Yeah, and they the effort they make to make the mayor just seem seem like a good guy. Yeah, he's not a- not necessarily. Uh, I'm not sure where he falls into the category of white savior, but he doesn't feel like an overbearing take on that. If that's even what he's supposed to be, I don't think so. Like I think they were trying to make him more a vehicle than the full on. I'm gonna solve black problems for black people as a white guy. He's just a nice man. Yeah, like a really good guy. He's like, no, you got to get out of here. Save yourself. Mm -hmm. That stuck with me as a little it made me mad hmm. reminds me of the bank scene from Spider-Man 2 yeah. but really just cause it's a superhero in a bank yeah and nothing else <laughs> yeah I read I was researched this a little bit it came from when Damon and Keenan were were kids mm-hmm. they would watch Batman mm-hmm. so he actually wrote Dag's role for his brother Keenan Ivory Wayans. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, Keenan was trying to be serious because mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was all on living color and shit. Yeah. But then. And this is, this is after I'll, I'm going to get you, sucker, right? Way after. Yeah, okay. I think. I think that was the 80s. Oh, really? Um, I thought it was like early 90s. Yeah, we should watch that for this show. <laughs> the CB4. That's so yeah. much shit we got to watch. Mm hmm. Yeah, so they grew up watching it. But Keenan at that time was like, I'm gonna I'm a serious actor now. I'm mm-hmm. gonna do action movies and shit. And uh I remember seeing a movie with him where he was like a a hitman mm-hmm. and it was like what are you doing? Uh was that him in uh Low Down Dirty Shame? I don't know. I don't think I've seen that. But this is like, I remember that kid Josh I told you about because mm-hmm. we both saw this and we thought this was cool mm-hmm. that he was I feel like the plot was kind of like Machete. Oh really? Um, I can never I, I remember very small bits and pieces, but I think that's a movie that'll be like this one where I see she's like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that because I remember he he's gonna assassinate this uh, politician with an ice bullet. <laughs> So it would melt and there'd be no evidence. Exactly. <laughs> you know what's up. <laughs> yeah. When oh, he pulls geez. it out, when he opens the case and pulls out the bullet and puts it in the gun, he's like, he's like, ice bullet. What's next? Fruity flavors. <laughs> <laughs> this murder tastes like grape. It was the kingpin. Yeah. Man. And, uh, we we. I'm not sure if you still want to talk about blank man. We still yeah. got to get to the rest of Luke Cage. Oh yeah! Remember, we'll my that. episode was only the first four episodes. Mm-hmm. We're only an hour in. Here. Oh, okay. Let's see who else was in this. Arsenio Hall makes a, an appearance. Mm-hmm. See, I mix that. They both have a a scene where somebody goes on TV impersonating or or, or something. Mm-hmm. But I know Tony Cox was in this, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was confusing where because he oh. shows up and he's like, I'm midget man, <laughs> but that was blank man. Yeah. Tony Cox, famous from Seinfeld and Bad Santa, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I who you're talking about. I still haven't now. seen Bad Santa. I need to see Bad Santa. It looks like a movie I'll either hate or thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw a movie called Bad Teacher that was awful. Who's in that? Uh, Cameron Diaz. Hmm. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I love Blank Man so much. Mm hmm. It's it's I mean even with the like heavy aspects to it it's still just a really fun movie. Yeah it is. It's just it'd be so fun to be Blank Man. Yeah, just to have the sort of capacity he has. Yeah, it's just that. Like, I'd like to be able to just make shit. 
It's because it, it's he's like the step above the common man. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Batman's like way out there. He's like he's the one percent, but he wants to help everyone. He's a step below superheroes towards us. Yeah, but Blank Man is a step from us towards that. He is, but he's also a step below us <laughs> in most other aspects. In that he's like poorly socialized and awkward, and they they go to very great pains to make Damon Wayne's look like a total goof and yeah. just unattractive. Which you kind of got to hand it to him as like I don't think people would. I think he he was talking about this in an interview where he mm-hmm. was saying he was kind of known for being like more tough, like Homie the Clown, and like. I'm gonna get you sucker. Yeah, he'd either be that. tough or he'd be cool. Even yeah, if yeah. it was a comedy where he's the butt of the joke. Yeah. But like this he like totally this is kinda like it's like his water boy. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it kind of stands apart from what the shit he usually does. From like the, the formula films. Yeah, it's really good. But mm-hmm. he's I mean it's impressive to mm-hmm. see him take on that role. Yeah. It was nice. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it is like if this is your first uh, introduction to Damon Wayne's, it's a bit surprising to go out and watch other movies where he's, again, either tough, cool, or both, even when he's the butt of the joke. Yeah. So the movie's a little political, too. Mm hmm. It's about uh, the mob yeah. cutting into politics to oppress the people. Yeah. This one, I feel like Blank Man. It's definitely like got that help the community aspect, mm-hmm. and he I, the interview I read with Damon he was talking a lot about that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like it's. Not, I want to say it's more about the individual choice to do so mm-hmm. versus the community. Yeah, and it's also not like a deep dive into like all of the problems of like inner cities, mm-hmm. like Luke Cage was. Yeah, or or Meteor Man was. Mm-hmm. Meteor Man was all about the kids. Yeah. It's like, look what they're doing to these kids. Yeah. And they, they, oof. They got yeah. them kids doing some foul ass shit. Yeah. This one was just kind of like, we're going to clean up Batman and Robin style. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, see. I'm going to make the choice to do something. John Polito. This guy played Manelli. who died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I guess I should say, I think I already said, directed by Mike Bender. I feel like I thought, I thought we'd have way more to say about Blank Man. But what else can I say? Other than I just fucking love it. Yeah. That's so good. It's just, if you watch those old Batman cartoons, you just like superhero stuff in general. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's just a joy to watch. Anything else that sticks out to you about it? Uh, <laughs> just uh, his long-suffering uh, uh, sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> Dag. Dag. Like while while being the complete straight man manages to be completely hilarious all the time. Yeah, no, just everything that guy does is funny. Yeah, he's he's too hilarious. Like he's just so funny. Like we're gonna do a whole episode on. Like that was one of the episodes I pitched mm-hmm. in the very beginning. It's like we gotta do an episode on that. <laughs> yes, he's just I'm so, definitely for that. And he's one of those actors that kind of just shows up. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere in the '90s. Yeah, and he's always kind of the same dude. Yeah. But a little different. Like, you see how talented he is when he's on, like, Living Color and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, he can do anything. Loved him in uh, Tales from the Hood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he's playing, like, the worst character imaginable. It just makes it ten times funnier. He's just too hilarious. <laughs> oh, what? I heard you like to drop fucked up pictures of people. You think I'm a monster? <laughs> <laughs> ah, so good. 
God, he was just whooping everyone's ass in that movie. Yeah. I, though I think I think that's what keeps <laughs> that's what keeps that from that scene from being just like horrifically uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just like it's like there's no like you don't see him like getting mad throughout the day and then coming home and taking on frustrations. It's like he just shows he up. He lives in a state of rage. He shows up ready to go. Yeah. Like it's like a it's like a commercial about domestic abuse. Yeah, it's like a lifetime movie. Yeah. <laughs> like in overdrive. Yeah. On steroids. On on coke. I guess he's possessed. Yeah. Which but still, it's just like he just tears it. Like, it just beats the like shit. Like if you're out a little, everybody. if you're a little kid and someone says domestic abuse and like it's horrible, like that might be what you picture. That's what you imagine. It's yeah. like, oh my god, he just he's just hitting everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone. The the wife gets hit, the kid gets hit, the teacher comes in, he gets hit. They should have kept going. Had cops get hit. National Guard get hit. He just shows Soldiers up. Soldiers get hit. He just shows up and rolls through the house. That's so great. Dog. Oh, man. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> He's too good. I love Dag. What's that dude's name? Clarence Williams III? Mm-hmm. That's another guy who I think, like, should be in more stuff. Yeah, he should. He was in Half-Baked. Mm-hmm. He was in, uh... Mm-hmm. uh Purple Rain. I still haven't seen Purple Rain. It's 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 fun to watch it. It's I, it's over the top. I kept me like the week before Prince died. I mm. was like, I'm gonna watch this, and then I was like, I. No, I kind of went through a phase where mm. I was just like watching that. It was like mm. I'm both watching that movie is when I got really in the Prince's music. Mm-hmm. I want to say around 2010, yeah. 11. And then when, when he died, of course, all the theaters around here were showing it. And yeah, still, and every radio station playing that music. I still didn't make it out, but I did finally listen to that album. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah, I mean, like all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's another thing with that kid, Josh. We used to do the line a lot from uh, Clarence Williams' line in uh, Tales from the Hood. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll get the shit. All right. In the funeral home, they were like... Yeah, I like him at the end of that movie. Which, I don't know, spoilers, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's see, his boys came back and shot you. <laughs> Welcome to Such a good reveal. <laughs> yeah. Such a good twist. That shit was tight. Yeah. Oh, God, we gotta watch that. We should have watched Fucking it last Fucking coffins month. open up. This shit was sick. Yeah. Should... That would have been perfect for Halloween, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Shit, man. It's weird. What was it? I'm like, I'm starting to realize that I watched a lot of movies with predominantly... Black, Black cast. cast back in the well, you were in the neighborhoods. Yeah, but it was like you know, it was like sort of to varying degrees a reflection of what you were seeing outside. Yeah, it was, but it was also like I watched like UPN and WB got big at the time too. So I was oh like, yeah, with that 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 yeah. programming block, which was uh, yeah. all black shows. Yeah, it was Moesha. I was I watched Moesha, Sister Sister, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Family Matters. That was kind of separate. That was ABC, well, I think. I, I feel kind of like it may have been like not necessarily the start, but definitely one of the forerunners. I mean, it was it was yeah, a black show. Yeah, it was it a was. it was a black cast, but it was put on the on the yeah. same block as Full House and all yeah. the other stuff. I feel like they talked a lot about uh, issues and shit. They did cover them, but that's another thing. Is like that show probably did 
So good. As much as like you and Joe and everybody with glasses. We hated being called Urkel, yeah. but at the same time, it was nice to see a black guy that wasn't what we weren't. Yeah, you know, or and all like. Which also applies to black man. They're and, just a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. normalization yeah it's like it's not here's the color. designated black thing that this family does yeah. they're, they're like you there's yeah. just some stuff they do that you do and yeah. some you don't you know I guess we talked about it sort of earlier with the Sinbad thing but for <laughs> white people you know I see people online I get it I understand the rage because I still have mm-hmm. it too about mm-hmm. a lot of things I listen to something like you know Changes by Tupac is my favorite song I've said that a lot Mm-hmm. And it's still relevant today. And oh, I yeah. I think that's really fucked up. I guess I I feel like when I look back on my childhood, I'm always making more realizations that things were really progressive yeah. for the times that I didn't know. I didn't... Like how powerful race uh, race issues were yeah. with us coming up. But I didn't realize that the media was so much... A lot of the stuff that I watched was, you know, you had your first black Star Trek captain, and I was mm-hmm. all about it, but it never registered to me that yeah. it was the first... Even now, I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about Blank Man as, like, I just loved the movie. I, yeah. Looking back, I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's almost all black cast, mm-hmm. I think. Well, not quite. Not as much as Meteor Man, but... Predominantly. Same thing. For sure. You know, I've mentioned this before, but Will Smith, mm-hmm. how important he probably was. Yeah. But to us growing up, that was normal. Yeah, he was just a funny guy. Yeah, and that's kind of... <laughs> we'll things have changed now, but there's a lot of kids that have grown up knowing the president was just always black mm-hmm. their whole life. That, you know, it wasn't this monumentous occasion that there was a black president. It's just... Yeah. Okay. And that's the thing. Like, like I hear people... Yeah, I have a. I know someone who is always go. Oh, why do we like care about like these white institutions like Hollywood acknowledging us? Like, why do people complain? On the one hand, I think people, like I've already said it, like people are kind of they hold things to a really high standard. But yeah. at the same time, it's all all we're asking for is normalization, acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the uh, what was I going to say in regards to that. Um, I guess like their their anger is that we shouldn't look to this institution, specifically this predominantly white institution, to mm-hmm. verify the worth of our efforts. Right. But at the same time, it is held to be like the pinnacle of, in this case, uh, cinema and movie making, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you want to be on that stage. Yeah. And it isn't necessarily what I do is, it's not supposed to be what I do isn't worth it unless it's there. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people who've created things that do deserve to be there that don't get there. Yeah. And once it is there, then people can see it. And then it's like, you know. And really, the answer, I've been saying this about a lot of issues too. The answer is to put so much of it there that it becomes normal. Like, you don't bat an eyelash to seeing yeah, it anymore. Exactly. Normalization. Because, yeah, is then, you know, the way we react to white people on screen will become black people, mm-hmm. Mexican. And, well, here's the thing to keep in mind. Once we've got more stuff on screen, white people, you'll eventually get to be special again. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to a point where a white story can be compelling again. <laughs> And I'm not saying that like mean, like you guys ain't got nothing to say. You've got a lot to say. It's just while you have the capacity to do whatever you want on screen, it's something everyone, not just white people, have taken for granted. Mm-hmm. 
So a lot of stuff you might want to do or might want to say will go over people's heads or, you know, in the worst case scenarios get taken the wrong way. But, you know, if you want to you get to the point where these things don't have to be a big deal, just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. So I guess talking about creating these inclusive things, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's weird that I think the, the thing that people don't like is the, is like asking for white people's help, mm-hmm. they or you know approval. It's funny a lot of I see a lot of like new characters being created in comics these days. You know, it's like oh here this person is a person of color or this person's gay or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, but a lot of that stuff is still being written or and come up with by. Yeah. straight white guys meaning well I want to say usually yeah but and it's it's pretty well but but like they'll make the character but won't necessarily have something on par to like that character to really say yeah it'll be like this character who's gay and it'll just be like every sort of milk toast gay mm-hmm. story you can yeah. come up with well not even that it's that the stories aren't told well but it's just like a rip People want more representation of the creators behind them so that the stories can be more mm-hmm. nuanced. Yeah. But, I mean, I, we're, since we're talking about Luke Cage, I mean, he was created for that very reason by, mm-hmm. I think, by white people. Yeah, I want to say it was, uh, well, no, I'm thinking about, uh, I might be thinking about Black Panther. I was watching a documentary about Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. It was basically just seeing the stuff going on and deciding, what can I say about this? Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, X Men. Yeah, X Men is another. That's another big one where it's he still created a mostly white cast, but it's like. But it was about a black issue. Yeah, it was. So yeah, that's where Luke Cage comes from. Seventies black exploitation. Mm-hmm. And now we have him on the television screen. Yeah, or the the computer screen, in depending a, on how you prefer to watch this. In a very different way, I've read somewhere where someone was saying. Uh, what were they saying? Oh, uh, they were saying. See, that's the thing is, I'm not like even sure how entirely well he was written back in the day. Yeah, like it seemed like either. the the writers of this show were kind of he's there, and there are certain characters that we're gonna use, but yeah. we're gonna tell the story this way so it's mm-hmm. relevant to today. Yeah, because all the uh the bad guys in there are characters in the comic books albeit mm-hmm. when you like look up how they look in the comic book versus the show yeah there's a world of difference uh cottonmouth in particular is the most extreme where i think they just kind of took the name the name cottonmouth. but if like they did a good job with anyone in that show it was him yeah so we sort of left off yeah where like midway through the struggle between the two. Yeah. Well, we left off on your show right before. This is, I always spoilers all over my shows, but Cottonmouth beefs it. I want to say it was, there's like, I want to say maybe like two episodes before yeah. he eats it. Yeah. And like, I guess uh, one of the big ones, uh, I guess this is minor in the grand scheme of the thing, things, but the uh, hail to the chief scene. Which one was that? Where, oh, well, there's a, some uh, performers it was i think it was a rap song being played to him i, I don't know if it was supposed to be an audition or what because mm-hmm. the club was empty and he's sitting there just kind of like vibing on the song but he's doing so angrily mm-hmm. and you get this montage of bad shit happening which includes uh, someone trying to mug rosario dawson it like it's a scene i like to go back to because it makes a lot more sense of the character especially what you find out right before he eats it 
which is this like yeah. uh, simultaneous. I don't know if they're. I think they were cousins. I don't know if him and Mariah are actually siblings. Yeah, they were raised like them, and yeah. this mutual love resentment kind of web yeah. that the two of them are locked in. So we kind of gushed about this on your show, mm-hmm. um, and then like right afterwards, like is where. I started getting beef with the show. It kind of, it does kind of uh, di- take a dive. It does, and it's unfortunate that it takes a dive here because it's a ballsy move. It is. It's very ballsy. I don't think I, I would have. Th- I don't think it was that. the right call at the end of the day. I don't think it was. The, I don't want to say it wasn't the right call, but I think casting wise, they didn't cast for that. They cast the guy that played Cottonmouth was amazing. Yeah, uh, I love him. What's his name? Mahershala Ali. He's good. And then the guy uh, who who turns into the main villain, Eric LeRae Harvey, who plays Stryker, a.k.a. Diamondback. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the inverse there, where they just kind of, like, got somebody good to play Cottonmouth, and he's Cottonmouth in name alone. Mm-hmm. Whereas this guy, what I looked up in regards to the villains, he seems pretty spot-on to the comic book character. Hmm. And he is maybe the most comic book element in this yeah, series. Yeah, he's brought the camp hard. To, yeah, to, unfortunately, to uh, too high a degree, I yeah. think. I appreciate some of the elements, but uh, yeah. So that was my my main thing. Is like Cottonmouth was so good, and it it felt like it felt like they were doing the same thing they did in Daredevil with the Kingpin, mm-hmm. but like totally different. You know, enough so that you wouldn't complain that it was the same thing. Yeah. You know, I feel like just when we got to know him, they mm-hmm. took him away. Just when he was coming in the promin- prominence. Yeah. And um, I don't remember. Which episode it is when this happens, specifically when uh, Luke Cage on top of like protecting, I think it was Rosario Dawson and somebody else to like a, a absurd degree, they end up almost getting run over and he just appears in front of the car and stops it. It's when I realized that this isn't just Luke Cage, the superhero, this is Black Superman. Yeah, and it made me realize why one well one of the reasons why Cottonmouth works so well is this is a very familiar dynamic. Mm-hmm. This is the Superman Luthor dynamic. Yeah, it is in a very different setting, big time, and done extremely well. It was strange because I felt like they, they kind of split the kingpin, like they built Cot or uh, Diamond back up. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's, oh, he wants he doesn't want to talk to you right now. Shades is like he doesn't want to talk to you. Ooh, I love yeah. I love Shades. I was kind of hoping Shades would... He kind of does. I appreciate that he does survive. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted them to set him up as the big villain for season two, which I think they kind of are, but they kind of... He'll be the lieutenant. Yeah. Again. So they, Alfred Woodard's character, um, Mariah? Black yeah. Mariah? That's mm-hmm. right. Um, how did you feel about her? <laughs> Just another kind of like... Uh, uh, well, again, another kind of, uh, I don't know if I, it's fair to say dirty politician, but mm. like the same thing I always say where it's like you do the dirt, but you do the dirt and it's backed by like uh, wide-eyed ideals. <laughs> yeah. Granted, there's a bit of like resentment behind her wide-eyed ideals. Mm-hmm. She don't like white people. <laughs> Did they say that? No, it just shows in her actions. Mm. Like, after she's interacting with all those white kids, the first thing she does is sanitize her Oh, hands. yeah. <laughs> I just assumed that was kids in general. I didn't even notice well, what color the kids were. And, like, the, the emphasis on her and keep, of keeping Harlem black. 
mm-hmm. when you consider how you know her her actions and her attitude and the, the air she puts on in certain locations it seems like there's a more than a tinge of resentment yeah not even just i mean she is prote- attempting to protect from gentrification but there's also just she don't like white people yeah <laughs> the white man yeah somehow with all the work they have to put into this shit it mm-hmm. was like it was very timely and i think they were talking about things that are important, but I think it's more the world's fault mm-hmm. that it was timely. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, they were going to talk about, uh, you know, black men getting killed in the streets. Well, I remember saying something like that. Like, this is uh, the appeal of a bulletproof black man is pretty high right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's fucked. Yeah, it's sad. Like. And it's not even that it's a new problem. No. It's been going on for 200 years. It's just we have the cameras everywhere. We probably said this on the last show. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then there's all this, like, especially with Mariah, her whole political wheeling and dealing and corruption. Mm -hmm. Just all that shit felt really timely, you know. Mm -hmm. And now we've we've just gone through the most insane election ever. It was so dirty. On, on all it sides. It was dirty on every side, to be I, fair. I, I can't believe what what the, the Democratic committee did to Bernie Sanders. Ugh. That is fucked. It's like, you killed it. You, you, yeah. you fed us to the wolves. And they thought she was a sure thing because, because she's been around. Mm-hmm. But people don't like her. Yeah, well, they kind of, they sealed her fate with that. Yeah. Like, they had to just accept that... It, it wasn't in the cards for her this election. But, you know, it's like if it already wasn't going to happen, it doubly wasn't going to happen. It didn't happen so hard that it got Trump elected. Yeah, there was a lot of things that that caused that to happen. But the main thing is people are starting to wake up to now. Uh, Everyone is saying it. Um, Thanks a lot, Julian Assange. Julian Assange? No. He didn't help. I guess not, but... (sighs) Grain of salt, I don't like him... Really, I, I, I'm uh, the whistleblowing is a double edged sword for me because the no one sticks around to take responsibility for the chaos that ensues when they do this. Mm-hmm. It's a necessary evil, but yeah, I think it's I think informing the public of things that are going you know, that the NSA is watching us and shit is like it's stuff that we need to know, mm. but regardless of that, the, um, and we've talked sort of danced around it earlier but it's the whole political correctness culture yeah which kind of created a lot of the resentment yeah that that fed trump's campaign yeah it is they i've seen a couple people talk about this really intelligently but bill maher's uh season's finale of real time he Mm kind of covers this really well you know there's this this liberal ideology of condescension and talking we're right and you're not talking yeah we're right and you're you're wrong you're you're mansplaining you're you're racist you're misogynist yeah it's not even just we're right and you're wrong or we're right you're this it's we're right and you're the worst thing in existence yeah and people got tired of hearing that yeah and so they chose trump whether they and i it's it can't be that half of the country is that racist like that many people voted for him he won like he had more i think he he won on the electoral college 
Well, uh, he had more Latino support than Mitt Romney did. Yeah, and he also had, I think he had more women than he Hillary. He had more white women. He, like, cut the woman, the white woman thing in half. Yeah. It was, which was disturbing. Yeah, it's... Is this this is in the face of grabbing by the pussy? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I Do what you want. Which is, I'm like, that's fucked up. I think it's fucked up because he actually believed it. Well, it's fucked up. And it, did it. I think my sister was explaining to me like why it was, why this bothers her as a woman mm-hmm. is not that he said that in particular or that you know he's having this like you know kind of grimy ass locker room talk about mm-hmm. it. It's the sort of like element of entitlement to it like yeah. literally i think the phrase she wanted me to focus on was specifically yeah do what you want yeah yeah just literally just yeah go over here you want you want to cop a field do that yeah, grab no, the ass the whole thing creeps my girlfriend out a lot she mm-hmm. she really hates that it doesn't like now he's going to be president mm-hmm. so now the women of the world have to look at that because mm-hmm. like, that's i mean let's be real like I've probably said some insane shit to you about just in general. Like I know, I, I know I have, but well, I'm, I'm, we we're say, joking. We say insane <laughs> shit to each other all the time. Yeah, but we're we're like actually joking. Oh, well, like in in regards to that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This no, dude no, no. was like having fun, but he wasn't exactly. But he, he was joking. telling him seriously. Go up and do it. Yeah. I mean, locker room talk is a thing, but it's not like, hey, how cool is it to, like, to just touch just, a woman under against her will? Like, that's just, not... Just, like, go up and do whatever you want. Usually, because yeah. I was explaining to my sister again, like, normally the locker room talk isn't, here's what I can do or here's what you should go out and do as much as, yeah. here's what I did. <laughs> Usually with a girlfriend or a yeah, yeah. girl you picked up or... Or this is what I would do to that. Yeah. But really, you're not even going to, like, look at her. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, put my hoodie up and walk away. And again, even even the what I'm going to do to that isn't, like, there isn't an element of, there's no opposition for me, I'm going to do that. It's more, here's the freaky stuff I'd like to do. Yeah, yeah. Versus, I'm going to do this and they're not going to stop me. Or even just, like, you know, especially with me, it's, like, trying to gross people out with, like... <laughs> What you did. <laughs> or just like take it over the top, but you did that to me with a picture. Yeah, this dude said that stuff, and then it's like you people don't... were raising their hands, like, "Hey, he did that to me!" Like this is yeah. Like... But also, like the uncomfortable thing about that recording is like the the way he is right after when oh, the actual yeah. woman. Yeah. He's like, She's "Hey, there. how's it going?" Yeah, you're. You're sitting there. You as he's sitting there being friendly. You've got all that creepy stuff he just said in the back of your head, and it's like he's gonna do it. He's yeah. gonna. <laughs> yeah. It's like get away from him. Uh, I guess we're getting off topic here. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's, just talking about grimy politics. Yeah. That's that's most of the cast. Rosario Dawson is back in the fold. Yeah. Do they officially call her the night nurse yet, or... I mean, she definitely is at this point. Well, somebody said that. Uh, the, remember when they, there was a hostage hostage situation at the end, and the mm-hmm. guy's like, it's like, hey, take the night nurse over here. Yeah. Some shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was... She's pretty good in this. I feel like it's like a... You remember when, speaking of misogyny, not that I this really bothered me, but mm-hmm. I'm a dude... When remember when Jeremy Renner was like, "Ah, yeah, she's a slut about Black Widow." 
Because he was, like, dancing around between Hawkeye and then uh, flirting with the Hulk and, like, uh, flirting with Cap. And, huh. But that's, I, not quite the same thing, but that's what it reminded me of. Well, I think it's a lot like, of that is more, like, confusion on the audience. And, and yeah, Well, also the movie not really explaining things, because, like, yeah. uh, they establish that her and Hawkeye have a history in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And then she's, like, arm in arm with Cap. And, and uh, and what you and then well, then you find out the history between them, the relationship between them is more familial than mm-hmm. romantic. Yeah, it's not. I'm in love with her, but it is. Yeah. I was thinking about naming my daughter after her if I had a daughter. Yeah, I, I blame Joss Whedon for the. I, why with her in the whole? Like, he. I don't care. I'm sorry, but the, the the feminist threw him under the bus so hard he still got tire treads on his teeth. Yeah, it's like he's so so he did something that wasn't it. He's been championing this cause for he so is. long. Um, my beef with him is he's just a bad writer. Yeah, he. You know what it is is like uh, in in the wake of that. I heard a lot of people kind of like going back and reevaluating a lot of his stuff. Like mm-hmm. he has these empowered female characters, but a good chunk of them get their power through trauma. Yeah, he's really like he. I feel like it's a it's he means well, but he trips and falls into it a lot. He does, and especially with that movie. I, like I didn't understand why he gave that made that relationship a thing, and then he put he. He damseled Black Widow for a second for no reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, I think I just don't like his writing. I think he's a he's a he's talented as a director, but for me, his writing people it's, his, it's not funny to me. He, well, here's a th- there's like I want to say two things he does well, and maybe one of those things are the things you don't like, which is a uh, he puts a lot of effort into character building, mm-hmm. but again trips and falls over his own stuff the reason why i like him is he's very good about worlds and mythology Hmm. so it seems like he's best suited for like creating like the background to something maybe you have someone in kind of like fix the dialogue or i mean like even going back to the avengers the first Mm -hmm. one like i don't think it holds up as well as people think it does it depends on what you're looking at because I think the action will hold up for a long time. The action does. Time. Like it's it's kind of a, a miracle just that that movie even got made, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was not a pile of shit. It um, is a visual marvel. No pun intended. It is. It's really cool. But I think I really liked his uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his take on that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that yet. Uh, it's good. It was on Netflix for a time, but mm-hmm. I was about it. But yeah, we're off topic again. <laughs> again. Well, like loosely, and we're still yeah. in Marvel. Yeah, but to to go back to Rosario Dawson, I thought it was it's weird that she's getting she's just like showing up and like being the the cheap romantic lead for. She's also, I think, the way they were they were playing her and doing that is kind of making her the Coulson. Yeah, she is. But hopefully, this don't... character that establishes these worlds are connected by moving through them, moving between them. Mm-hmm. It feels like, uh, I guess, I don't know if tension's the right word, but like uh, feelings about the relationship that is supposedly supposed to form between her and Luke by the end of the show is made 
is potentially made moot if you're if you follow the comic books at all. Yeah, it's it's like she shows up in in Daredevil and she's like they kiss and it's like you kind of get to well he goes off with Karen eventually and mm-hmm. that's kind of how the comics should end but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like Luke Bangs Jessica Jones and then they're like oh you're a side chick that they mentioned her like briefly yeah. and they kind of they forget about that relationship and then yeah. they they like give us this that was another thing that was mm-hmm. just didn't. Well, I think some of it also is going to factor into what they plan to do with Jessica. Yeah. I mean, it, it played for me just fine. Cause mm-hmm. I think Rosario Dawson can do anything. She can just, mm-hmm. she's just that good. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of like, well. Why? Uh, also, he bangs Misty Knight. Then <laughs> <laughs> then that's yeah. another thing. Is Misty Knight is, doesn't she bang Iron Fist? I, I don't know. <laughs> this stuff's getting <laughs> getting into the soap opera territory. It is. It's 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 weird. Like sands through the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. Yeah. So I love Misty Knight. Misty Knight was like, yeah, I believe she bangs. So she shows up in. I think the, there's a nod where somebody's going to some kung fu school or mm-hmm. something at the end, or it's uh-huh. like they're gonna go hang out with Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. But Misty Knight bangs. So let's we should get a, a flow chart of, of banging here. Yeah, really. Who else is gonna bang who? Who, who else? else is gonna get with who? Who's gonna? Yeah. Iron Fist is the last. Yeah, before the before they start. Uh, the defenders. Before the defenders' house just becomes a giant orgy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I love Misty Knight so much. Mm-hmm. She's like really hot. She's pretty thing. good. Um, I thought they were gonna flat out give her a superpower, mm-hmm. like the reveal of like her ability to visualize these things and to mm-hmm. do stuff. I thought it was actually gonna, oh she's actually psychic. Yeah, that was cool. But you know it's just a, a skill. Yeah, which is neat. This, they're kind of keeping seeing this show like confirms again in my head. I think we maybe we talked about this, but whatever. Hmm. <laughs> but for Iron Fist, you know, people were worried about. Like, oh, you know, the whole, it's a culturally appropriative thing from the 70s, but it's like, you can still tell a story and change it enough that it's relevant and has something to say about this issue. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, that's the thing that drives me crazy is people are just fighting for little token things like make him Asian, like make him Asian, like. Like, there should be a point to doing it. I think you don't want to fight to make a a white character another race. You do want to fight to keep the race of one character intact when yeah. they adapt it, however. Yeah. Like, it's, it's I want to say, most prominent with uh, Asian characters, mm-hmm. where if the lead's going to be Asian, they're going to do everything they can to make them white, or at least half, because for some reason Hollywood still thinks Asian people can't sell. Yeah. Well, that's, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's a scene that really sticks out to me, which I loved, and the, it's got three amazing actresses in it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's the it, I've never because I've never actually seen this mm-hmm. is the uh, the scenario of a person being questions and good cop and bad cop and mm-hmm. they're all first of all they're all women and they're mm-hmm. all women of color mm-hmm. so that was I loved seeing that no when Misty loses it yeah there was a, a lot of strong women mm-hmm. in this show which I appreciated yeah I kind of expected that. Because there's a there's a there's already like an over the across the board issue of uh, 
gender and the depiction of women in society. And there's a kind of a unique issue with it amongst the black community, mm-hmm. which I'm not completely prepared to speak on. But um, if you want to get an idea of everything wrong, both with the way women are treated or maybe expected to conduct themselves and then how they're depicted as well in regards to that watch baby boy. <laughs> I need to Every rewatch that. Every woman in that thing is just awful. Hmm. And it just kind of it in that what's awful about it is just sort of depicting everything wrong. Both with like like the standards women are held to, the ideals people have for women and yeah. We should we should watch. Yeah. Baby boy. You'll get to on. see potential well you get to potentially see me and Mike well, really, it's never really me and Mike yelling at each other. It's it? me yelling at Mike and Mike egging me on. Because I don't remember that that aspect of it, because that was such a long time ago. But I remember I, I was into it, and then I couldn't finish watching it for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it ends. But, uh, um, if I can give the movie some credit. I like saw bits and pieces of it starting out, and I missed the aspect of what it was about. And I think through that, some of what happens is deliberate. I can't remember the name of the uh, director of that movie. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not just completely bad. There's a lot of bad, yeah. though. But well, well, it, it would be good to watch with you, and maybe we can decipher what's what. Yeah, because my other issue with a lot of things, not I don't know, because I need to rewatch this, but a lot of cases like this where people tend to rag on... on certain films for certain things is mm. I never really treat a depiction of something as an endorsement of something really mm-hmm. uh, the reason why it bothered me is because it was everyone yeah like there wasn't anyone that was like a counterpoint or just different yeah it was the same problem across the board for every single character mm-hmm. but I see what you mean and I tend to do that for better and worse. I feel like we've mentioned like every single <laughs> black movie from the 90s. <laughs> What's left? We haven't mentioned uh, Menace to Society or Boys <laughs> to the Hood, the big two. Oh, yeah. I still haven't seen Menace to Society. Uh, well, Boys in the Hood, I that's a great film. Um, I feel like they're, they're counterpoints to each other. Sort of like Boys in the Hood is kind of like about being victimized by the criminal element, and Menace to Society is about being the criminal mm-hmm. element. Yeah, I still, I always wanted to see Dead Presidents as a kid. So M- me too. Those those trailers, specifically that yeah. that what I found out was a woman in the paint, mm-hmm. in the I, face yeah, paint. I didn't know that either. Yeah, just like popping up out of nowhere and shooting people. Yeah. It almost looked like a really dark superhero movie. Yeah, something <laughs> like about Ghetto that. Crow. <laughs> Maybe that was it, because I loved The Crow as a Me kid. too. Yeah. Ernie Hudson. She was tight. <laughs> Every yeah. time I think of Ernie Hudson, I think about that scene of him in like his boxers and the tank top with the police hat still on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Set It Off is another one I need to go back to. Hey, I saw that. My mom and sister really loved that movie. Yeah. With Tifa. Mm-hmm. We can, we can talk about the show divorced from... Our Maybe not completely divorced from race issues, but just, like, on its own for a bit. Because I want to get a bit further into Cottonmouth's backstory. Oh, yeah, we should. I was going to mention Shades first. Oh, okay, yeah. We can talk about Shades. What do you think about... I, I like Shades. He's got swag, he man. He does. <laughs> as soon as he walk in, I was like, ooh, I like this It's guy. like I want to hate the guy, but he's he's cool. He like, it's cool. undeniably cool. Yeah. It's the way he moves around. Yeah. 
he's, he's got like the physical charisma going and then yeah. like he's always like calm and collected there it is he looks and moves like a 90s R&B singer yeah he's just got this like weird like, <laughs> like he's doing dance moves yeah but you can't see what I'm doing not right. really <laughs> Sort of, you know that the the black and white shot of R. Kelly or someone that, where they're just like singing and they're doing this against yeah. the background. He's dressed like that. Uh, yeah, that weird sort of like relaxed type. We don't yeah. really get to know him that much. No, but I think uh, the element of mystery is intentional with yeah, him because yeah, cool. we we don't know why he's so stuck on working for Mariah in the face yeah. of in a couple. Of, I want to say in a couple of scenes having the capacity to usurp everybody yeah but is instead more focused in positioning first awakening mariah to wanting to do that and then positioning her it's like shades is playing chess with the entire Mm -hmm. cast yeah really he is that's why probably he's the most compelling to me is because he's pulling the strings on everybody Mm -hmm. he almost he's never backed into a corner that he can't get out of yeah and he actually makes a big move uh near the end Mm-hmm. And he's the one that he manages to take out. Uh, what is it? The, the witness that was supposed to testify against Mariah. It's like you almost got to make a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's going to be banging Mariah. That's it, what it seemed to be. It, it seemed, seemed like yeah. It seemed like the interest was more in just what she was capable of doing. Like the, yeah. he seemed almost obsessed with her. Yeah. Very strange. It was. Interesting that he was a part of Luke's backstory in a very minor capacity. Mm-hmm. Kind of strange. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of appreciated it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He's cool. He was. I'm glad he stuck around. But I, Me too. I was to tell the truth, I was actually kind of bummed that Mariah stuck around. I was hoping if, like, if you had to pick one of the siblings to eat it, that it would be her. Yeah. Really. Really, like I, I know the uh, like the oh they didn't die after all thing is kind of played, but if ever there were a point to do that, mm-hmm. it would be then. Yeah, Cottonmouth, he was too good. Yeah, he was. He was he was way too good. The dynamic between him, that whole Superman Luthor and the Hood dynamic, was perfect. Yeah, he was actually working as a, a really good counterpoint to. Luke's power set mm-hmm. like he's he's got this power he's got this influence this pull mm-hmm. whereas Luke's got this physical capacity but you can't really tell anyone what to do yeah you can't really command people I would have liked to have seen him I would have liked to have seen them rewrite this with and have him stick around yeah still have like lose everything maybe or you know do something because it could yeah like like the last shot is like the <laughs> The Ninja Turtle shot of the arm coming out of the wreckage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, even even a minor thing, even with a, a character we're probably not going to speak too highly of with uh, Diamondback, there's a mm-hmm. minor bit of dialogue between him and Shades where he's expressing disappointment in Shades allowing Cottonmouth to be killed. And he implies that there was some element of like, I don't know if kinship is the right word between them. Like, but like he related to him in a way, and I think this has to do with uh, sort of like uh, uncomfortable sibling dynamics, maybe, mm. or the fact that um, the big part of uh, Cottonmouth's backstory, and maybe uh, Diamondback feels the same way about himself, is that they didn't come into this on their own. This wasn't 
what they are at this point isn't a end result of a goal they had. They were kind of well, specifically with yeah. Cottonmouth is he was made to be this. The trap. They were baby lords. Yeah, through like a combination, a night just like a combination of being part of this criminal element, but also some weird gender politics at work. Mm-hmm. That because he was the boy, he had to do all this stuff and keep Mariah out of it. Mm-hmm. So you have this protective element of him with her but also a powerful resentment Mm -hmm. which is actually mirrored on mariah's end because she's the caged bird i guess that makes me i guess that makes sense that it would reverse and she would kill him and take his place sort of sort of again i feel like i I, you need him to survive somehow he's He's too good his diamondback was Diamondback was too over the top. Yeah. He was too just... I've seen it before, too. Like, his whole story is like, I'm a big-time drug dealer. Yeah. The thing is, is, like, outside of his uh, personal beef with Luke, he was... it it, It would have benefited for him to be different outside of that. To maybe have, like, another dynamic at work. Yeah, it wasn't really... Than just... Um, big, aggressive, mean guy. Yeah, I felt like... Like, he was one note. Yeah, his motivations were... The whole thing with their mom, their, it's like, I didn't really buy that. Yeah, it seems like outside of his beef with Luke, he shouldn't want to necessarily do all this shit. Did you finally watch Spectre? No, not yet. Mm. Is there some uh, questionable motivation in there, too? Yeah, very questionable okay. motivation. I'll probably watch it when I get back. Yeah, you'll see what I'm talking about when you mm-hmm. watch it. But yeah, no, that was definitely there with him, where it was just like, okay, why is he a criminal? Like, there was a, an, I guess, a true to life element at work. He keeps quoting this book called the, I can't remember what the number was, the something laws of power, ten laws, nine laws, twelve laws, whatever. Is it Art of War. No, it's it's a book like that, and it's actually popular in prisons hmm. it's kind of like a like a really grimy sort of art of war book of five rings uh what's the third one i was thinking of but it, uh, it was made by a guy who developed an approach to dealing with like shitty hollywood execs and shitty hollywood hmm. where it's basically like uh be a dick to the dick to get things done and not be held back but yeah it's it's kind of like um it's kind of like the way I view that uh, Ayn Rand style objectivism or whatever the fuck she is where it's like supposed to be this worldview that helps to benefit you but encourages you to do bad shit. Yeah. You know, like you know he quotes it all the time. There's like a I appreciate the real world element, but really the amount of effort put into like his characterization. And especially when you look at like the actions he takes, he's very much like a, a ma- like a wild, they're like a mad dog. He just sort of acts and doesn't yeah. really think about the consequences. This guy is a lieutenant. He's not a main villain. Yeah, he's definitely not. He's like, if anything, he's like they they play him up to be bigger than Cottonmouth, but really he should have been someone given the Cottonmouth to turn on Luke. Yeah, which is what happened. Well, it, it is what happened, but he's being played as the big bad where he should have been the big bad secret weapon. <sighs> yeah. Because I, I think you can still have a lot of these uh, elements with 
a lot of the elements that play out with him, but he's not believable as the, the primary threat. He's not believable as a mastermind. Yeah. Like, to think that he was, like, orchestrating stuff in the background is hard to believe. Yeah. He seems kind of stupid in a lot of situations. <laughs> he just seems really stupid. Yeah. Sure but really, really, he's just too aggressive. He has yeah. no control. And he's just... Well, I didn't buy his backstory with Luke. And he literally comes out of nowhere. Like, he just shoots Luke and he rolls up in, like, a Humvee. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's there. There was no... That wasn't a satisfying reveal for me. Yeah, see, the way they built up the... Um, what did they call those bullets? Uh, the Justin Hammer bullets? Yeah, those, um... Basically, those anti-super bullets. Mm-hmm. The way they built up those bullets, they should have built up Diamondback. Like, they should have treated him the way they were treating those bullets. It's like, I've got this thing that'll take out Luke Cage. Yeah. But you gotta do what I say, and blah, blah, blah. And maybe, to that degree, have Shades playing his own agenda versus the agenda of somebody else. That You know, this, this is just me trying to, like, create the ideal scenario. But, um, I noticed, I was listening to another podcast, gotta give credit where credit's due. I think it was Super Best Friends cast, their uh, Let's Play channel. It was their podcast, and they were talking about a lot of these Marvel Netflix series are good and overall good, but they all have kind of like a mid-season dump. Not really dump, but kind of like a mid-season decline, and will usually kind of climb back up. I feel like like, I felt like season two of Daredevil, the mid-season decline was stretching out Elektra. Yeah, that was, and they didn't how they ended that. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't. I was like, why would you do that now? Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I really loved that season. Mm-hmm. It was really great. Everything with the Punisher was amazing. He really yeah. he really made every episode he was in. Well, they did it so good, he's going to get his own series. Yeah, exactly. Which he's is tight. Incredible. Um, so that's one of my favorites. I don't know, Jessica Jones, for me, was probably the straightest line as far as, like, this is good every episode. I wish there weren't so many almosts. In that, what do you mean? Like I almost got him. Wait, no. Or it's like the first time is, oh, oh we caught him. Wait, we didn't. And then the second time is, yeah. okay, maybe I can convert him. Oh, wait, no. The third time, oh, we've got him in the cell. Oh, wait, yeah. no. But to me, that because was... like he was. My problem is, is he was too big to have so many false steps like that. I don't know. I enjoy that. I see well, the he's, thing. He, he's too. The thing that powerful I, a villain to be but, like. But that was the it, funniest it, it, thing to watch was how he see him get himself out of like how is he gonna like talk his way out of this? It was just like. Well, he like, doesn't really talk. Oh, well, I mean, I can see, you can say that for the first one, but like the thing in the cell was just somebody being an idiot. What I can't remember which she, person being an idiot. Basically, Karen Moss's character. Yeah, him, I think. something like that. But uh, I don't know. For me, that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I agree with that totally though. With their assessment. Because mm-hmm. I, I think Jessica Jones, for me, I loved every episode. Mm-hmm. That was the strongest for me. And then Daredevil Season 2, Electra got pretty grating after a few episodes. Mm-hmm. But for... I f- uh, I, they they handled her wrong in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I give I want to give her some credit. She has some moments that worked for me. Yeah, she does. But it was just like they got into this weird trap of like... Oh, I need you to come out with me again. Drop everything, and I hate that. That's like that's like a really annoying. She character. was literally derailing the other side of the plot. Yeah, it was bad, and it made her annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil season one, I feel like I didn't feel that way. 
trying to think of what was going on in that. Um, yeah, not, I don't... Because mid-season was like, they had slowly introduced the Punisher, and then by mid-season you were getting his backstory, and it yeah. was like, this is amazing. Well, I think, uh, well, this is the reason why, is uh, Punisher kind of steps away and Elektra mm-hmm. steps in. Yeah. That's kind of where they uh, it's put it. It's not a fair trade, but you get ninjas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the hand sort of, like, gets to play a bigger role. Yeah. The whole ninja aspect of it, which was nice. Yeah, but even still, like, the like the the biker fight was probably my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. The fucking, that was such an incredible fight. Yeah. But, but definitely Luke Cage. It's weird because it's so fresh and, and new in that it's bringing a lot of Blank Man and Meteor Man back. Mm-hmm. And making it contemporary and relevant again, but having your villain, the what what they did was such a misstep. Yeah, yeah, he just did, he didn't he didn't work, and it's sad too because he ultimately ended up being what we were asking for when during that first four episodes where we was like we were both saying we hoped that there was something that would show up and challenge Luke. Yeah, they it was just handled poorly. I see it. They did the same thing in Meteor Man. It's like, oh, the bad guy gets powers somehow. Yeah, clear out of nowhere. And then fights him in front of the community. Mm-hmm. Really, I think with Meteor Man, they should have just picked either the bad guy gets powers or Meteor Man loses the powers and still has to fight. Yeah. Well, they did. Well, they did both. They tried mm-hmm. to create that, like, tense, is he going to die moment twice. Yeah. Oh, God, the other thing that really, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Something that really just bothered that's a trope that I fucking I really hate is that? misunderstood good guy on the run. Oh, I hate that. It's just so yeah. That what I didn't like is that it went on for so long. Yeah, it went on for a while. It was like three, maybe three and a half episodes I of a that. thirteen episode series. I hate that so much. Like, I grew up reading Spider-Man, and that's like kind of floating in between, where like the public isn't, they're divided, but he's not always wanted by the police for... Yeah. But, you know, and Batman's kind of, like, by his nature, he's a vigilante. But, like... But he does have Gordon. But, like, straight up manhunt. Yeah. It's like... And then they gotta go into hiding. It's just like... Seen it so many times, and it's like just, it's it's a frustrating plot point, is the yeah. thing, because it's like why the it's mommy daddy stop fighting. Yeah, or even you know it's like the I'm not really a fan of the Mysterio, where you know when Mysterio first shows up in mm-hmm. the cartoon and he's like, I'm gonna frame you. Yeah, I'm gonna frame that. I'm gonna frame you. Shit, I hate that. Really? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, kind of like watching people like work through misunderstandings yeah. is. I, yeah. It's yeah. It's I I hate it. It's just like oh, because well, as an audience member, you're just like I I have both of these pieces of the puzzle, and I'm just waiting for you to put them together. Now. It ends up like if you're not a fan of it, it just it ends up making you think anyone duped by it is stupid. Yeah, it's just like, I hate that. And then it's also just actively seeing people work against their own interest. Yeah. In favor of someone being a dick. I mean, they... I mean, it's it's a plot point that literally generates frustration. It does. Like, by its nature, it's like what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So it's something you have to do very carefully. Yeah. If you're going to do it at all. Yeah, I, if it were my call, I wouldn't have done it here, but I, I see... I feel like Why in regards did. to superhero related things, it's it doesn't work as well for the superhero proper. But when they're trying yeah. to restore someone else's rep, uh, rep, reputation, 
Yeah, I'm cooler okay. with it because I think about that episode where Robbie got framed in Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with that. Like, in general, like, The Fugitive is an amazing movie, and I, I love it, but it's like when you try and put it onto, like, superheroes, and it just, for some reason, I, I hate it. Well, it's especially bad when you have dangling plot threads and plot points and stuff like that at work there. Yeah. It's like, you got this whole thing with Luke Cage, and it's like, okay, you just killed Cottonmouth, Mariah's doing some shit, and who the fuck is this Diamondback guy? Yeah. Nope, none of that. Wait for three episodes yeah. where you at the very least get some of, like, you get to learn how Luke's powers work. Yeah. I mean, it's the difference between, I'm gonna go go here and, like, talk to some people, and it's gonna be a fun interaction, versus, like, oh, I gotta sneak in. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah. just... Um, not a big fan, but I understand that they it kind of works nicely with their whole allegory with the hoodie, and then everybody's like putting on the hoodie so that mm. it's a Spartacus thing. Yeah, now he gets to move stealthily and. <laughs> yeah, I'm Spartacus. Yeah, and he meets Method Man. I was thinking about doing a Halloween costume like that. <laughs> what, Luke Cage? He said basically just taking an old hoodie and poking holes into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This really cool yeah. blank man T-shirt. We're going for about two hours. Two hours. But your show runs pretty long. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we just scratched the surface of Luke Cage. But if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to Jumper Cable's show. Oh, you probably want to listen to that one first. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. But uh, anything you got to say about Luke Cage? Like, I'm sure there's other stuff to talk about. Um, it was. I thought it was really good in the end. The only thing frustrating about it is that it could have been perfect. Mm, yeah. But it was, like, so good that all that other shit was... It was still pretty good. Yeah, none of the bad stuff that happens will keep me from going back and watching this again. Mm-hmm. Which I will do. Oh, it was the first Marvel feature to use the N-word. Yep. I guess that's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Who else would have dropped it? Uh, Name it. Let's do this. What would which Marvel film would be better? What do you mean? If if the N word were dropped, were the first instance of the N word dropped? Yeah. I don't know if there's any. If there's uh, I guess a source material any more appropriate to have it dropped than this, because otherwise it seemed to be kind of out of nowhere. (laughs) Captain America, like, oh, you're you're that kind of 1940s American (laughs) Red Skull. Fucking, fucking, yeah, Red Skull calls, Red Skull gets revived in, in uh, Avengers movie and goes, be a bit weird, yeah. like you're watching Iron Man 4 and then someone calls Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, a black person could say it. Hey, a Falcon drop it. Oh. Uh, somewhere. Maybe Falcon's talking to Rudy or yeah. something. This was like when MGS4 came out and we found out that the F word was in there and everybody was like, who says the F word? The funny Potacon said it. <laughs> Turns out it was one of the beasts. I don't know. I don't trip on swearing that much. Maybe it could pop up in Black Panther, though. That'd be really uncomfortable. <laughs> be terrible. Let's see. Holy shit! What's up? So we didn't talk about Scarf, but I just, Scarf was Brett hmm? in Pulp Fiction. Huh. Check out the big brain on Brett. Oh yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there's a slight reference. Not really. Misty tells Scarf, damn it, you just broke my concentration. <laughs> that's that, pretty good. I don't know if that's really a reference, but I, I, I liked him. I was kind of... That's that's too that's too on the nose. 
Yeah. I was happy that he kind of had some sort of redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, aspects of the character kind of make sense. They just got this stuff just kind of wore away at him. He stopped giving a fuck. I really wish Sam Rockwell would have showed up. <laughs> Maybe he, uh... I was trying to think, like, where where would you put him if you were going to put him in here? I love him so much. Just this, maybe he, he could be in the show throwing a cookout. Hey, Tarantino was interested in doing this in the 90s. Oh, a Luke Cage? Uh, something? A movie. A movie, yeah. Yeah, he thought the use of the N-word would, was uncomfortable here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> The gall on that guy when I was like rewatching Pulp Fiction. <laughs> like, I think when I watched it the first time, it went over my head, and then I'm like watching right. it again. I'm like, the fuck did he just say? <laughs> he just comes out and says it. I don't, it's weird. He's a, he's a weird one. I like him though. No, no, I like him overall. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, see, that's the thing is like, I'm not even angry. I'm just like, it's a combination of like shock and then <laughs> horror at the fact that it d- doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, well, you know, he went to like an all black school. Yeah. And when you think about that, he it, loves black exploitation, and probably in the inner city too. So. Well, that's something you'll see even more so now. I'm not sure how how different it was back then. Is uh, everybody using it in the sort of like relative sense? Mm-hmm. Nigga versus you know the other one. Yeah, it's just kind of like a word you use to refer yeah. to people. I mean, in general, like his whole personality and his interests. Yeah, you can see like just the way he he talks. It's like mm-hmm. you were probably in a school with a lot of mm-hmm. people that you had to keep up with. Yeah, for the, those old kung fu movies, mm-hmm. which I was gonna mention that. Yeah. Black people love Bruce Lee and kung fu. Kung fu movies and stuff. There's always that. Within any, like, big group of black people, you're going to find that pocket that's just way into, like, martial arts and kung fu movies. Yeah. And I was I was in that group. I can't remember if that was one of the things we bonded over. Yeah, it was. We talked to, we both had read that book of the guy in his socks. Yeah. Or did not his Adidas. Yeah, that white-ass white guy with the Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> Tao Ji Kundo. So... What are you most excited for? Luke Cage Season 2, Iron Fist, or The Defenders? Um... How excited I am for Defenders will probably, like, come to a head with uh, Iron Fist. I'm like, one of the things I'm thinking about in regards to Defenders is, like, the sort of, the the dynamic. And it's kind of fun that Luke Cage is going to be their heavy. Like, he is the most powerful of the group. Yeah. Jessica's pretty tough, too. She's kind of, like, um, in, like, a weird opposite end with Luke, where it's, like, her, the emphasis on her is the super strength. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Luke, it's the invulnerability. Because mm-hmm. it seems like uh, Je- the show Jessica Jones is all about her being beat up. Yeah, she can take a... Just, like, beat up and worn out. Like, she can take a... You know, she has an element of invulnerability herself, but mm-hmm. it seems like things that hit hit superheroes hit her a bit harder. Yeah, Daredevil's the brains. Yeah, he's 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 probably going to be, like, Something like the Batman. Yeah, he's the brains. Jessica's like the dirt digger. Mm-hmm. Luke's the muscle. Iron Fist is... They're probably going to play up... I mean, he's going to be... It's going to be mainly martial arts with him, but they're probably going to play up the, like, energy-based and, like, martial arts zen-type spiritualism with him in mm-hmm. the group. We'll see. Because he, he seems to be kind of a... 
Like, it seems like all the points he would be are represented by other characters already. He's going to be a weird X-Factor, I guess. I know, I'm excited. For, yeah. You know, it's, it's not just going to be, like, them beating asses to see all their personalities in their daily lives and how mm-hmm. all those other characters are going to cross around and... Mm-hmm. Like, what's it, the Kingpin's going to go to Harlem or... I don't know. Yeah. Good lord, the sort of, like... <laughs> Cross like cross promotion shit between Kingpin and Cottonmouth would have been yeah. nuts. It's like all that stuff that we we clamor for. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, like they're gonna, I got a lawyer. We need to get a lawyer. Yeah, every time someone <laughs> talks about a lawyer, it's just like, come on, come on. Where is he? Where's Matt? Yeah. Show me Matt. Show me Matt. It's like it's gonna be so satisfying to see these four things come together mm-hmm. finally. Yeah, and the Iron Fist isn't that far away. That's tight. Is Dare, or when does Defenders come out? I I don't know off the top of my head. Well, I don't have much more to say. Um, I was gonna say recommendations, but that's my show. <laughs> I mean, if you have any, uh, we talked about a lot. Yeah, we you did. Just take quite a bit. Go back and take notes. Yeah. Anything? My film history teacher <laughs> used to say, "Watch anything from the pre-code era, which is before they established like a code of." Mm-hmm. Of like a you know you can't do this in code the of conduct yeah anything before like I forget the year forty thirty eight something like that forty five mm-hmm. some somewhere around there yeah because they're really interesting but I say mm-hmm. to you anything with more than three black cast members <laughs> in the nineties oh yeah probably worth your time you're gonna get something interesting yeah <laughs> it's funny to think like go back to that stuff and think that like. I don't know if uh, what the word I'm looking for is, but just kind of like they were preparing us for stuff or like planting seeds. One thing mm-hmm. I always think about is like every uh, 90s TV show with like a any other race of person represented would have the interracial dating episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it was either an episode or there was just a relationship going mm-hmm. on. Remember when Ross dated Aisha Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> Liking fun. friends doesn't make me less black, Mike. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You said it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I was you joking. said it removed my like black man credibility. <laughs> no, I didn't. I I just said, well, what does that tell you? <laughs> I don't know. What? Go read the tweet. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't say that. <laughs> I was just joking anyway. Because you know what? Everybody likes friends. Yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's it's funny that it's like such a white show, but like mm-hmm. everybody watched it. Yeah, you didn't pay it. I, I don't know. I guess the whiteness of it didn't. Maybe it's more of that uh, taking taking white people for granted type thing. Yeah, we take them for granted. <laughs> but there's there's more than just Aisha Tyler in there. There was also the morning singing guy. Yeah, he was also <laughs> black. For one episode, I remember him. He was dressed real zippy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clearly had a white collar job. Yeah. <laughs> like a happy job. That's funny. So I remember when I first like saw him, I saw him at like at the end of that episode mm-hmm. and thought, Okay, here's this here's a reoccurring character I didn't know about. Jumpik, <laughs> <laughs> if you wanna go and read that exchange <laughs> I'm at Hyper Nineties on Twitter. I think that was like a cross tweet thing because it started with the Hey Listen Radio. <laughs> Oh yeah, hey, listen, radios on Twitter. And went went to my Twitter, which is at Old Taku Connect, and then transitioned to Hyper Nineties. Oh, I remember because you said 
You said something about your black ass. Well, no, you, yeah, you. And then I was. You in in the tweet for, for well, you, my episode you quoted, called "Blue Flames" a classic or an underlooked gem <laughs> or something. Yeah, I said underlooked gem, my black ass. No, but you you, you quoted. I called friends. you a crap weasel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And I said, did you just quote friends? Are you sure that how oh, black is that? <laughs> crap weasel. I just watched. I've been watching <laughs> Friends on Netflix. I just rewatched that episode. Everyone's been watching Friends on Netflix. Yeah, That's it ended Netflix. up on there. I'm gonna do it. It's a good show. I'm. I'm waiting for it to hit that peak where it just like mm-hmm. they just throw the rules out the window. Yeah. And Joey goes full like Guido. Yeah. Like horn dog, dumbass. Just, just full stupid. He gets as dumb as Corey's brother. Mm-hmm. As dumb, but see the the cool thing about Corey's brother is that he like <laughs> goes over another like slope that you didn't know was there and just becomes crazy. Yeah, just completely insane. Yeah, and that kind of saves him. I love that show. You should watch uh, Girl Meets World. Mm. It's a legit sequel series. It's cool. Corey's daughter. Yeah, and I heard. it it is like callback porn. <laughs> Like there's not every episode, but at least like every two episodes, mm-hmm. there's someone from the old series coming back, yeah. and it's not just oh hey I'm here bye now. Mm-hmm. They actually play a role in either that episode or come back repeatedly. Cool. Is yeah. it the same house? No, they're in a apartment in New York. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. But yeah, I want to watch all of that. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of it takes time to generate this. Yeah. See, I'm watching all of Star Trek. From the beginning of the original series through mm-hmm. to Enterprise. That's that's the thing about this show is um, yeah. uh, what we talk about and what we watch does not encompass everything that Mike's watching <laughs> in preparation for this. Yeah. I mean, so me me and Joe, when he's on, we'll have to watch two, maybe three things. Mm-hmm. Mike's watching a whole franchise of yeah, something. I watched all of the Bond films for my Bond episode, which yep. you can check out. The SoundCloud's where it's at. Yeah, but you can also get access to whatever we post through the Facebooks or Facebook. the Twitters. And you can also subscribe to us on Android, iTunes, and Google Play. Yeah. And uh, anything else we got to plug? Um, Joe's Twitter. Um, so by the time this goes up, I will probably have, hopefully, started posting classic episodes of Not Another Gaming Podcast. Mm-hmm. So look out for that. Yeah. Um, and then that Twitter is at NAGP Returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know when this is going up, but uh, I guess there's my show, uh, Old Taku Connection, which has managed to stay running in the face of uh, podcasting turmoil. Um, I want to try and do something big for the 50th episode, but I don't know what. Uh, any ideas, Pangelina? We'll do a video episode. Oh. Of you, Ew. fucking Ew. no, a anime body pillow. Oh God, with every word that thing got worse. <laughs> Ugh. No. Well, Joe no watches. Once. No, he, he does like to watch stuff. <laughs> uh, ideas? I don't know. Nah, something big. It's hard we'll to do without out. Joe. Yeah, that's been really that's been the hardest part. Akira. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess that can be the the fail safe if I can't think of anything else mm. spectacular. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, have a uh, a jolly day and uh, a really cool blank man T-shirt.
aren't you forgetting something? I guess that catchphrase is just like not a thing now. Oh no, it is. Um, lizard man. Uh, I don't know, Mike. Does a mall babe eat chili fries? Yeah. You was, always forget one of them. No, I was about to say it. Oh. But I was trying to tie the two phrases together. Oh. But Say lizard man. Does you, a mall babe eat chili fries? If you have the answer to that question, hit me up on Twitter. Okay, bye.